0: Hello there, and welcome to the West Meeting Room. I'm Rebecca, your host for today. We're broadcasting on CIUT 89.5 FM, the sound of your city. This week's episode features a conversation that took place via Zoom with some fun individuals as we shared our pieces of spoken word. Spoken word is a really cool art form that can be rather intimate, especially with those with whom you're sharing. It also manifests itself into different forms unique to the speaker to express the message that they would like to share. Thus, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have spoken with Maria, Paris, Saba, and Brayden as we've shared our pieces with one another. So, I hope you're ready to just jump right on in. This piece is called Food Dates? Mm, No thanks. Food dates make me anxious. I don't know why, but that's a lie, because yes, I do. I eat too much, I talk too much, I eat messily, and I'm conscious of the way that I chew. I drink too much even when there's nothing there. I'm mindful of what what I order so as not to seem too predictable. I hate food dates. You're sitting there across from each other as the fateful glass of ice water is placed beside your menus. The bead of sweat starts to pool at the back of your neck as you press your arms to your side to not give away the pit stains that are coming alive. You spat on the fabric before you bought it in preparation for this time, but they still find a way of making themselves known, no matter how hard you try. You panic as a choice of food could secretly reveal a bit too much. Too much pressure to pick the right thing when all the wrong things are in disguise. Time to wait for your fate to arrive, and in the meantime, make small talk and accidentally overshare. Continue on a panic that they don't even care. Ask them questions and think about the expression on your face in the back of your mind. Attempt to establish eye contact, but not too much. Don't make it creepy. Subtlety has never really been your thing. The food arrives and you cry inside because soon you'll have to prove that you can use a fork and a knife and watch how you chew because cattle graze here and horses snap and somehow a fish slipped in? No, that was actually the fish that slithered onto your lap that you hoped they didn't see. Yeah, food dates make me anxious. Yep, that's it.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I love that. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love your cadence. I <laughs> appreciate it. Maybe you could um start by telling us a, a little bit about like when you wrote this, like sort of what like where what's what place did this come from For sure,
0: so um I have a blog, and this was a piece that I had written I think maybe two or three years ago and it was after a series of obviously food dates that I had been on um, and I realized that I had a pattern on food dates, and I don't know why I keep agreeing to going going on dates where we're sitting at lunch or sitting and eating a dinner because it literally makes me so overwhelmed with all of the decisions and I know that I'm a messy eater my parents have always told me that I'm a messy eater and so to try to prove to someone else that you that you have interest in that like you're capable of using a fork and knife um seems like a really daunting experience. And so I just shared that on my blog which is, you know, didn't get a lot of like it didn't get a lot of traction, but I had um read this in front of some people before at a open mic night um back in my first year at university and it felt really good to read it out loud and i had a couple of people who came up to me afterwards and told me like yeah i hate food dates too and i'm like if we all hate food dates then why do we keep agreeing to going on them like i don't i don't understand i just think they make really messy first dates but um yeah and i continue to still subject myself to this torture don't know why maybe i'm a glutton for punishment but um yeah food dates no thanks
2: I was just saying, like I love, love, love food dates because of how messy they are.
0: Oh my goodness!
2: You know how you know how much I love food, Rebecca. I will, I will eat. I'm talking like like the messiest chicken wings in the in the world. First date, you know what I mean?
0: You're a powerful being. I
1: don't know how you do that,
2: <laughs> but I feel you, especially with the, like the pit stains and everything. It's like oh.
1: Um, I'm curious, like, is there, did the piece change from, I guess, like, what was sort of the evolution of moving towards um, a written piece versus reading it out loud? Like, what prompted that? And did it change, um, like, once you decided to read it out loud?
0: I think it started out, I I keep a running document in my notes um, of just like different ideas that I have. And I think this started as like one of those note documents where, you know, I was, had just left a food date or I had been thinking about going on a food date. And I was like, why do I keep doing this to myself? And so I kind of put those words together and then um, I tried to formulate my thoughts a little bit better because I was trying to figure out what I could post on my blog. And I don't know, I think that it, it reads well like when you, when you read it you're like oh like this makes sense but I think when I read it out loud you can hear <laughs> a little bit more anxiety in my voice about um about how I feel about going on them and so um, it feels pretty good to read it out loud and I hope it resonates with people um if not if you love going on food dates then you know that's your prerogative guess. <laughs> but um yeah I
3: don't know I'm in the same boat as Ferris but it's not because I love the messiness of it I just love food Like, if you give me food, I'll automatically be attracted to you. So it's a good date. It's a good date for me if you take me on a food date.
4: Oh, I just, I really loved um, the piece. I just closed my eyes and I was, it felt so intimate, like hearing like um, your voice, just the fluctuations in your voice. And like Brayden said, the cadence was just so natural. It felt like I was listening to a friend talk about like, <laughs> um, the, the kind of terrible experience of going on a food date. Um, I think I have to, honestly, I love food dates, but I always make the worst food choices. Like I order the wrong things on the menu. Like I get pasta, like the long <laughs> like spaghetti and, um, I do make a mess, but I think I always, I I do appreciate the comfort of food I feel like when I have when I'm eating food there's just like it kind of calms my nerves so I yeah but now I'm thinking about them differently (laughs) I'm thinking about food dates differently now
0: yeah I can totally really I think that you know I love food too I'm not saying that I'm against food I guess um I guess my it's all of the other things that are surrounding the actual food date itself. Like if I could take myself out to eat, you know, and eat a delicious meal, I'm all about it. But for some reason when you put me in another person and like you're trying to oppress a person, but like not appear too weird, like all of those expectations you might have on a date just seems to be heightened for me, especially when it comes to eating food. But, you know, I love, I love good pasta. I love fried chicken wings. I'll eat all of that. Um, I'll just, I'll just be uh, mentally, uh frazzled <laughs> trying to make a good impression, I guess.
2: I know for me, it's like uh, my biggest worry on a food date is coming across as too piggish. You know what I mean? Um, even in a like not even on dates, but like just like in general, I'm always like scared that I'm like, because growing up, I would always want to eat more than everybody. Um, and so I would like, you know, when um, somebody doesn't finish their food or like they're going through it like relatively slowly
0: yes absolutely (laughs) that's one of my biggest fears because I'm such a fast eater and I judge about how much food is left on my plate versus on on their plate and it's just like uh, you know so I definitely relate to that
1: (laughs) I mean I guess like in these COVID times like how does this piece feel differently as you read it and like what do you what does avoiding food dates look like in in the aftertimes
0: <laughs> that's actually a really interesting question and i hadn't really thought about it that much but i think like i would obviously be more welcome i think i just miss the aspect of being able to enjoy meals with friends um, with loved ones and just going out to eat like i miss going to a restaurant and like having that whole atmosphere so perhaps you know i'll be a little bit less uh nervous to go on these kinds of dates because you know the excitement of just getting out and exploring a little bit more um will overtake that but even now like you know you see these videos and news clips of couples doing like long distance trying to figure out how to keep romance alive i guess and you know a lot of them resort to eating food together via like zoom and i think that i would have a much better time doing that kind of date than in person just because um you get to control your atmosphere right like if um if something goes awry, like they're not going to be there in that space. And you still get a little bit of the connection of talking to someone um, via video call. But um, you know they can't see how much food you have left on your plate. So maybe um, that would um, ease me a little bit more into that.
1: Oh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, Saba, how do you feel about sharing your piece? Yeah, um, I can go next.
4: Um, so, just for a bit of context, um, the piece is called Stillness, uh, and I wrote it back in January. And um, it was actually from a prompt that Brayden had kind of uh, given uh, myself and the rest of uh, the podcasting team to reflect over like the winter break and create kind of a soundscape centered piece. But I I just feel like the medium that I always naturally get drawn to is uh, poetry and spoken word. And so I kind of created a piece that immersed words and sounds and just everything together. Um, So, yeah, so this is stillness. There's this poem by the Persian poet Rumi that goes like this. (laughs) Toho Silidardam sabhabedar mongasht. پستیم shodo شد و کفر ایمان o جان tan دل و تن حجاب راہ بود کنون تن دل شد و دل جان The harvest of my pain was its own peace and remedy As low as I'd sunk I rose faith restored from blasphemy Body, heart, and soul obscured the path until body melted into heart, heart and soul, and soul and love itself. I've been curled up under my blanket for what feels like days, unable to peel the covers off of my aching body and leave the warmth of the bed out of a gripping fear stifling fear of breaking the cocoon of absolute stillness, of venturing into the uncertain, unpredictable, elusive world beyond the fortifying doors of my bedroom, I'm surrounded. I'm enveloped by an inescapable silence, a friend, a foe, my mind is racing, My thoughts are not my own. They've wrapped me ever so tightly in their grip, and I can't move. I can't move an inch. My breaths tearing their way out of my lungs, escaping the confines of my frozen body, my heart beating, 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 beating. The warmth slowly dissipates, and in its place comes an unbearable cold. It finds home in my bones, the ache of an inexplicable sadness that always creeps in when I least expect it, when it's least welcome. When there's joy all around me, and the air that should be steadily filling my lungs, and the gentle laughter that reverberates through my walls, and the harmonious symphony of life flowing in and around me, But my body is not my own, and my heart suddenly remembers the pain, the sorrow of years past, of a childhood come and gone. It's suddenly reminded of how fleeting it all is, the joy, the laughter, the pain, the sorrow. I hold my breath, waiting, waiting, waiting. Time slips through my fingers. I'm frozen in place, joy flowing all around me, just out of sight. If I could just move an inch. A set of warm hands gently pulling me up. A loving embrace, whispered endearments. And then before I know it, I've stepped into the cold winter night. I'm made of glass I put one quivering foot in front of the other and then I'm walking A hand just inches from my own ready to hold me tight if I stumble or fall my feet are no longer my own I'm walking 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 I turn my hands towards the sky trying to catch the snowflakes as they slowly dance their way to the ground They slip through my fingers. I let them. Time is fleeting. The joy, the laughter, the grief, the sorrow. Tears stream down my face. And I don't brush them away. I'm surrounded by stillness, by silence. But I'm safe. I'm made of glass, but I haven't shattered. I feel... I feel the cold seeping through my bones. I feel I feel the fresh air filling my lungs. I feel my breathing slow down as if in a trance. I feel the life flowing through my veins. I feel I feel the love, the hurt, the sadness, the joy. Time is fleeting but my heart is still I'm walking. I'm moving, I'm floating, I'm dancing. I'm joyous, I'm joyous. I'm joyous. I am, I am, I am. Yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> Those are the sounds of snapping fingers <laughs> <on the microphone>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, give us realness. Thank, so uh,
4: thank you. Powerful.. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wow. I didn't think, I don't know. Every time I kind of, it it was really surreal kind of looking at this after all these months and just like before I got on the call, I kind of just went over it again. And it just feels, and each time I kind of feel like this, like my, I get goosebumps all across my body because it kind of, I, I, I kind of become, I transport into that same like the feelings that kind of catalyzed uh, this piece. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it to be so difficult to kind of get through it, but thank you. I really appreciate the space. Thank you.
2: If I could ask, um, with, uh, so this was a prompt, this was this was inspired by a prompt given in January, right? Yes. Um, and now that, you know, you know the world had been set on fire uh, in February, and then we thought that things couldn't get any worse, right? And uh, you know uh, what previously had like you know when with the eruption with Black Lives Matter and just like even like you know like every like the world just like is being set on fire over and over again politically and literally. It's it's interesting to like what does stillness mean now, or has there been any change in reflecting?
4: Yeah, I think stillness has always, even before everything that's 2020 really hit. Um, I mean, this was, like you said, this was back in January. So it was just right in the beginning. And um, I think stillness has always been really elusive to me. I And I think for a lot of people, it, it is difficult to find I guess that peace that comes with stillness and, and, and just, and just being, and just not kind of being removed from the world in, in just this peaceful bubble. Um, Stillness always felt really terrifying to me, actually. Um, Just quietude and just letting my mind wander and just fully feel everything that's happening. I think I think actually stillness, the reason why it's been so elusive for me personally is because I always escaped it. Like I didn't want, I was afraid of silence. I was afraid of fully feeling my feelings and just letting myself process emotions, reflect on what's happening in the world, reflect on what's happening inside of me. And so, yeah, I think now, especially now, um, I mean, we're in the midst of so much collective Um, trauma, just everything is surfacing. I mean, it's been there for so long, but now more and more eyes are on it just because of that stillness that COVID brought about where suddenly, and I know this is not everyone's experience, but I can speak to my own that suddenly I there was no way to escape the stillness anymore. Like I, I had to reflect, I had to sit down and really contemplate. I was, you know, we, I didn't have opportunities of like the distractions of going socializing and just being so immersed in the world and the chaos. I, I, I I act to sit down and, and think now more than ever, I appreciate the stillness. Um, the time to reflect, but also I know that it comes with so much privilege to be able to, to tune out and to reflect and actually take that time in that space to, to really understand what's happening in the world. Um, yeah, I don't, that's just my thoughts. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and, and everyone else. And what do you think about stillness? I, that was such a good question, such a poignant question. Thank you.
0: I think that's a really interesting question too. Like what does stillness mean for me? And I was trying to think about You know, how I experienced stillness in my life. And I thought it was really beautiful that you tied stillness in with like the feelings of being cold and winter. And that's something that I've always loved about when snow falls like that stillness when you're standing outside and you can just see the snow falling and the whole world just feels like it stopped for a moment. Like it's so incredibly beautiful. But as I reflect back to like my own time earlier this year, earlier this past school year, I was really struggling with stillness as well in that, like, I had recently moved and I was living by myself for the first time and constantly being confronted with my own thoughts, like, in my own space and not having outside distractions. I come from a a large family-ish and with lots of friends around, and so to be by myself in that moment, especially in the winter, there was something that felt really daunting about that like I'm cold I'm alone like I'm here and there's like not really much I can do about that and then fast forward to pandemic times like I'm back home with my family and like having that stillness being disrupted but also being mixed in with like a new kind of stillness like now I'm you know not going out as much I'm not socializing as much but I'm with my family like I still feel stillness in both ways even though they're completely different like completely different settings, like being by yourself and then being surrounded by people and still feeling this kind of slow, still life, I think is is really fascinating. But I thought it was beautiful what you had to say with like trying to find yourself. I thought the tone as you shifted through your entire piece, you know, I was like, wow, where's this going? And then to see like where you got to at the end and like the resolution, I thought was really beautiful.
2: I also, you know, personally, um, it's really it's so odd because um, I remember a couple of weeks ago I had like sat down with myself and um, you know, that really hollow feeling that you get when you like, when you find like when you get to the end of your rope about something or like you are like hit with a, like a fatigued wave of emotional exhaustion. Um, sure. And like, and in those moments, right. For me personally, I find that I can contemplate uh, with a heightened sense of clarity um, more honesty um, because I'm more vulnerable right because I'm exhausted and so I had come to, I had like you know I had felt the need to find stability um, especially like that was this was also at the end of like the quarantine so you know the I find it so like you know salient that you spoke about stillness, and like, for me, it's like, I I always have, tr- I always have trouble finding stillness in anything, <laughs> but like, um, you know, concurrently to stillness, uh, i for me personally, I'm trying to find stability at least like a rhythm where I can move between being frantic and then also being still and not have my life be disrupted between those two states. Yeah. For me,
3: um, there's two things that really call my attention because like the fact that you wrote this in like the winter time as a prompt and everything but just like the general feeling that it caused it just brings me back to my own feelings about winter because I do I mean I'm from Colombia it's a very you know kind of like the weather is very unchanging it's pretty warm Uh, like overall in contrast to how Canada is. So for me, the winter's like a very still time. And like, in general, I don't really have like a bad relationship with stillness. But when it comes to the winter, I do get hit by, by the kind of like seasonal depression every now and then. And that's when like, that's when I my that's when i feel that my relationship with stillness is complicated because like it's not so much of a choice that i make of like being still but it's kind of like this wave that hits me where i like i just my body like wants to be still wants to be like inside the whole time and everything else and now with the quarantine i've I have had to face another kind of stillness where like because I don't really mind, you know, staying inside and being alone with my thoughts like I'm a very introspective person. I I enjoy kind of like my own company and stuff, but I, I found myself in like a very unstable living situation that was also very emotionally charged and draining. Um, And it was kind of like that whole, relieving that whole thing again of like, when I'm not feeling well, um, like emotionally, I just don't want to do anything. So it's not like a choice of stillness. It's similar to what happens in the winter where it's just like, um, like Paris said, like I was exhausted. So I don't have the energy to do anything, but I know the people around me, the people that I was kind of cohabiting with, um, like, I felt like that wouldn't be acceptable, right? And I felt like I wasn't pulling my own weight. So so that also made it like a very complicated dynamic where I felt like I couldn't help the stillness, but I also felt pressure to keep doing things to kind of prove myself in a way. So, yeah, like, it just reminded me a lot of that. But I did like the resolution of, like, the kind of positive note and, and the beauty that, like, you showcase at the end of the piece.
1: Thank you so much, Saba. Um, I had chills the whole time you we were reading. And also, I just so appreciate what everyone is sharing. Um, so would you, um, would you mind sharing next?
2: It's weird. Uh, this piece for me is, uh, not weird, but, um, like the mindset that I was in wasn't really, you know, for poetry when I was writing this. Um, I'm a, I'm a musician and a songwriter. Um, but I also, I also uh, do work in theater. So I always, and so right now I'm currently in the process of writing, um, I've just come to the end of like finishing up an EP, and I've already like transitioned into writing a full album. And uh, I, the way that I start writing albums is that I start like jotting down my thoughts. And so this is a piece that I, you know, it's a, a combination of like multiple thoughts over the past couple of months, three months, um, that have like just come to me. It's a piece called Tyrant. <sighs> My heart feels tender. There's a corner I'm refusing to turn. There's a goddamn corner I'm refusing to turn. And if I breathe in deep enough, I'm sure your scent could find me past the evergreen and through steep tundra. No smell from spring or fall can compare to yours. Gentle lover, spare your woes. Call out to me in rhymes or prose. Callous giver, Hold your tongue, for I am the sound of the ocean, and your praise is the deepest blue. I am the light that rains down from above, and your contempt is a rotting wound. I am the void in your chest that you can't seem to fill, and above all else, I am the distance that one spans to find love. Finally, I am the beginning, and I will be the end. No more proclamations, platitudes, or modest truths that say otherwise, that I was hell on earth, and I am yet to become a better tyrant.
3: That was amazing. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Snaps
1: all around. Absolutely.
3: I felt so empowered. I don't know what to say. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I could connect to it, but because I feel like it stems from a similar experience that what I'm going through right now, mm-hmm. but taking on a, like, it just it just took a different turn and I like that because it was so strong.
0: Absolutely. Like that strength, like really resonated with me. Like, even though I can't relate to the experience exactly, like I felt the power and I felt the strength in your voice and, you know, I, I was like, rooting for this person, like I was rooting for the like the narration of the story, and you know I'm one of your biggest fans, so I'm <laughs> really excited to see where this like this journey comes, like with your album and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think that was really beautiful. Wow,
2: thank you, thank you so much, Paris. Right.
1: I'm wondering if um, like how I, I have you have you read this out loud before?
2: Um, not it's so weird. Not really. Um, which is, I, I, and it's weird because, um, I was writing this with, um, almost with like a playwright, um, intention. You know what I mean? Uh, where I was, I, I was writing it with the idea that an actor could say this, um, or like work with it and, you know, find meaning with it, um, while performing.
0: I was just going to say, and how, how does that like mindset of like working with like actors and like playwright? How does that serve as like your inspiration for like maybe what you're attempting to produce with your album? Like, what was your what was your intentionality behind that?
2: Essentially, like you know, I, one of my biggest uh, inspirations is like Florence and Machine, um, who I love not only her lyricism uh, but also the way that she uses um, her body. Um, in her, you know, especially in her music videos, as a way of communicating uh, a story, right? And so it's just like, I've always found that it, it's so beautiful when you can have, uh, like, this illustrious language, uh, you know, being sprawled all over the place, but then you can also find, like, you know, grounded meaning in, you know, it's either, like, depicting, uh, like, you know, I'm thinking of what kind of man, right? Where, like, uh, she, like she's in a room surrounded by a, a whole bunch of men who are you know, mimicking, uh, almost, like, restraining her or, like, holding her back um, or, like, um, overwhelming her. And it's, like, you know, like, awesome images like that as she, like, screams, what kind of man loves like this? And so for me as an artist, I always try to, I want my words, I want my lyrics to feel as if they can be embodied in one way or another. And so that's how it's kind of like shaped the way that and and uh, you know for me I, I i'm trying to like move into a more conceptual space for creating artwork um up until now i had been working with a lot of like pop uh like with a huge pop mentality and so i'm kind of like shifting not shifting away from it but i'm transforming that into a more conceptual context
3: i think the kind of ability for lyricism that you have was Really showcased in, in what you shared, and in the way you read it as well.
4: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think everything was so intentionally and artfully, like the delivery, the 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 words themselves held so much power, and the emphasis that you added was just. I, <laughs> I just felt so immersed by the words. I they were so compelling, and I could definitely see that that narrative and that arc, and it did feel it did feel like I was listening to this, this speech, like this, it was just so beautifully delivered. Um, and I'd love, it's like one of those things where I have to go back and I have to listen again and again, just to like draw out all of the meaning. Cause I'm sure it's chock full of so much meaning. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing that Paris. I think that was so incredible.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Um, it when I was writing uh, when I was writing this um it was at a point of uh or when I had started writing writing it um it was at a point of emotional exhaustion, and um I couldn't find the words to describe how I was feeling because I felt physically i was like you know I was the healthiest I had been um where I was you know exercising and like i like i, I understood that like the more you exercise, the happier you can be right. And the the possibilities of, like, being happier, like, can eliminate or help alleviate any other uh, emotional, like, you know, issues that, like, um, that come your way. But then for me, I felt almost, um, what's the word? I felt so, I felt like I had, um, I had like a flesh wound almost like an emotional flesh wound uh, that did not like, did like hurt so much that I couldn't feel it. Right. And it was a combination of like losing my grandmother, uh, which was so intense because, you know, it was like in in the midst of the a pandemic um, and it happened, like, you know, my family, it, it like is, uh, sprawled across like uh, South Africa and Nigeria and um, I was also having um, quasi relationship issues at the time. And I felt so silly for being hung up over that stuff when like more important stuff was happening, especially like with the Black Lives Matter movement uh, having its uptick um, in social media. But I was also exhausted because like, you know, talking about being black, it's like, oh, of all times to for it to be a salient topic, right? Why do I have to be in this emotional <laughs> state um, and I did. I don't know. I was just trying to unpack how angry, selfish, unpleasant, moody I was feeling. Yeah.
1: As someone with a theater background, I'm curious to know. And and this being, um, I, I guess, one of the first times that you're reading out loud. Like, how does this piece sort of take hold in your body? Do you feel like you're, I don't know, stepping into character or? yeah, I guess, how does it feel? um, Just how does this piece feel embodied?
2: For me, like when I, like, you know, uh, every, like when I come back to this piece, I imagine the most unflattering, ungraceful version of myself. Um, And not just, you know, like spewing a whole bunch of rubbish and being selfish and all of those things, but I also find that there is in moments where you know, emotional manipulation, um, and greed that is implicit rather than, you know, overt. Um, I was thinking of all of those moments, uh, that like, um, throughout my life. Um, but you know, more, like in more recent times where I felt ugly because of those moments and I wanted to almost like expel them. and, And like, I, you know, I grew up, uh, in a super religious family and, um, one of like one of the lessons um that I learned from going to church, which I still carry with me even though i'm I don't associate with the church um i quite the opposite, but one of the lessons that I found really helpful was um if you can proclaim it, then you can like that like you can't move on without using your words um so if you've sinned uh you know the best way to unpack it and like be forgiven for it is to admit it um is to like with your words aloud and pu- like in you know sometimes publicly so um i picked that i picked up on those sensations of like and it links to theater in the in the sense that like you perform you perform that idea of like that ugliness right um you present like you display it to like people for people to dissect, people to interact with. And in some ways it's therapeutic for me, but then it's also, you know, maybe could provide a moment for other people to have um a catharsis.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Um
3: so Maria, how are you feeling about Cherry? I'm so nervous. <laughs> I don't know, everybody's like great and they've done this before. Anyways. It's okay. I'll just you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I I'd rather I mean I know everybody's give, been giving a little bit of context. Um I the only thing I want to say is that um this piece is called pyre as in like you know the ritual like burning of bodies and stuff. So yeah, that's kind of, uh, as I read the poem, I think maybe, I ho- hopefully it'll become a little bit more clear why why I called it that. So yeah, um, so this is Pyre. <laughs> none of it mattered until you uttered those words and none of it will after the last three. All I know is you'll be gone and I'll be alone as I always have been. Before you left, there was firm soil under the spoiled soles of my feet. It had withstood strong tempests. It recognized the calm before your storm, hid the budding sprouts of warmth, deep, before you took everything in your path with the lighting in your eyes. A solid ground, found on the excruciating pain of existence, You made it wet with my tears and left me trapped in the quicksand. Icarus, you frolicked flower to flower, kissing the petals soft lips. Icarus, you went flying towards the sun, conjuring the magic in your name harbored. Icarus, you flew too close to the fire and fell spiraling down to find me. Persephone, raining the avernus underneath. You wanted the honey and the heat, you wanted the world to eat, you even wanted the pomegranate seeds to stay bound to my somber realm and come and go as you pleased. But as I melted away in the infernal heat, as I uncovered your sins, I dropped to my feet and vowed to procure your exile from the fertile and fruitful lands my mother had bestowed upon me. And though you were a tyrant, banish me underground, I'll become one with the sulphuric soil and sprout, stout and proud, once again, a beautiful fire flower. Thus, let my fire erase your name, engraved as it was on my skin, and let your ashes disappear in the wind, purify my being from your memories, to find you, at last, gone and myself alone, as I always have been. Oh, that was so beautiful. So Ah. beautiful. Thank you for sharing.
2: That was gorgeous. Thank you. And it was just hearing your voice, you know, say the words, I think was the cherry on the top because there was so much emotion with it, you know? And so, and now I understand what what you mean, like when you said, you related to the emotional exhaustion?
3: Yeah. um, I just, I don't know. I've always, I was raised in a way that it really encouraged me to display my emotions. (laughs) Um, Especially sadness. I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to find a balance between Like, leaving space for me to feel what I'm feeling, but also not letting, not let it consume me, right? That's why, that's in part the reason why I wrote this. It's actually like a collection, like, it's, it's the consolidation of many different pieces of writing that I had been um, putting on my phone, basically, as I was going through this thing. And so like I was finally able to make a whole out of it, right? I care a lot about my mental health because I know it's not it's not always 100%, so I also like go go to like I have psychotherapy and stuff, so that's also how I'm dealing with it. Um and yeah, honestly just talking to people to the people that I actually know care about me and who I know will listen to me and not put me in a place that makes me emotionally exhausted is also really validating.
0: I really love the way that you combined mythology within to this like sort of narrative story and I was wondering why you chose to specifically mention like Icarus and Persephone and what your relationship with those, um, I
3: I guess we can call them characters, what your relationship (laughs) with those characters are yeah um so like funnily enough when i started like the icarus part when i had started writing it it was supposed to be part of a love poem and it was kind of like alluding to power but also kind of um it was like I don't know, I kind of wanted to rewrite the mythology and in a way I saw kind of like that over ambition, that kind of thirst for power in that, in the person that I'm talking about here. Um, um, And I wanted to rewrite the mythology in a way that was maybe kind of more positive and then when when everything else happened that that kind of metaphor stayed because that kind of like thirst for everything is kind of what contributed to the downfall of like the relationship (laughs) um and I felt I alluded to Persephone because I I love the dichotomy of of like being the daughter of uh, Ceres or Ceres. I don't know how you say that in English, but you know, so like nature and beauty and crops and fertility, but then also being the queen of the underworld. And I kind of saw myself in that, but also as a way to empower myself is why I also wanted to put put in the mythology Cause um, I know I'm not a goddess, right? <laughs> but um, I you I are. just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Thank you, think you. you're
2: doing the damn thing since day one. What are you talking about? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but yeah, just kind of like, you know, kind of like that light and that darkness, and then also like that empowerment, but also like you know, without wanting to undermine the kind of like good and bad you know like the light is you know the light is the light and the darkness is the darkness right like um and and they can coexist but they are both important in their own right um you know in the moment I think like I just let myself go it didn't go as I practiced it but I just kind of let it happen and it was weird because I realized um like, as I was reading it, how empowered it made me feel to be sharing this out loud with um, other people, especially because, you know, I like writing and I made a blog so that I could, like, make myself write more, but not necessarily because I wanted to share it with other people. Like, in that sense, I tend to be really self-conscious about my writing because, um, uh, I never feel like it's good enough like like I I feel self-conscious about sharing it because I I I doubt whether it's up to par to other people's writing or if it could even be considered poetry you know stuff like that so um it was nice to feel like to kind of like break through that initial like uh anxiousness <laughs> and then like you know i it just it since this is like very pertinent to my life right now and and it's you know part of this whole like process that i'm going through um it just felt very powerful and healing yeah
0: that's beautiful and i'm so proud of you for sharing and i can definitely relate to trying to figure out how you can share your voice and like share your writing in that way. Cause I also have a blog and I also like thought that it, it's, it would force me to write and force me to get past that fear of like sharing my writing with people. And as writers, there's always like that mentality, you know, like, Oh, like, what if this isn't good enough? Like, you know, what if people don't like respect it? What if people don't see what I see in the way, in the way that I wrote things. And um, I think that sometimes it's good to like hear yourself read things out loud and like hear the beauty of your words. And you know, I like to label myself as a writer, but only to myself. I have a hard time telling other people that, like, I feel like a writer, but when I read my writing out loud, I'm reminded of, like, the power that I felt when writing those things, and I'm reminded of, like, okay, like, this, this sounds good to me. Like, I don't care if it sounds good to anybody else, you know, like, I like the way that this sounds. I like the way that this makes me feel, or I don't like the way this makes me feel, but, like, this is why I'm writing it I think that's really important too and so yeah I'm really thankful for the space to have these kinds of conversations and to share our writing and to hear people's like the different styles that people have and I think a lot of times that gets lost when you read writing especially online because here today we got to learn a little bit more about the intentionality behind the things that we wrote and why we wrote the things that we did and how we why we spoke them the way that we did and so I think that was really cool.
3: Yeah for sure and like in terms of like, uh, you know, writing because it's beautiful or writing because it's not, that's exactly what I felt. Like it was such a painful experience and, and it was like just very ugly in in the way that it played out. So I wanted to use it to to make something beautiful. Like there can be, you can still find beauty or create beauty in ugly times is something that I heard recently that really resonated with me.
1: Um, maybe to round out the session today, I'm wondering just, it seems like a lot of us are moving through loss and grief and pain and, and, and dealing with sort of these unprecedented moments of isolation. And um, I'm sort of drawn to the image that Saba, you brought up in your piece with a, a warm hand extending outwards to you. Um, in a moment when maybe you feel detached. And so I wonder if everyone is com- would be comfortable sharing what are some ways that we can extend a hand to ourselves in a way that's gentle and guiding um, out of, a, out of a, a place that feels dark and lonely.
2: Um, personally for me, and perhaps this is a privilege, but but I was reading Hegel, um, which I hate the fact that I was reading Hegel. But um, there was a like um, there was a moment where he describes um, being able to find meaning in oneself um, while like through reflecting someone else. Um, and so you know, similar to like uh, what Maria was saying about uh, being around. Uh, friends who are willing to you know listen um and care for care for you is great but then also you know for me like i'm also finding um meaning and caring for you know my friends um and the people around me and understanding that you know everybody's going through it right um and it's such a colorful like you know I mean like when it comes to strife it, it's really colorful right everybody could be going through something completely different but you know at the end of the day it's a strife like it's a it's a hurdle right so for me I'm just finding meaning in you know try like you know being aware of the things that I'm going through but then also finding the silver silver lining in that everybody has something to deal with
0: I'm reminded about something that Saba said earlier in our conversation about like finding time to disconnect and like, um, just kind of reflecting and like taking time for yourself. And I found that that has been really, uh, meaningful for me, especially over these past few months with a lot of instability, um, a lot of tensions, um, yeah, within myself and like within the world. And so, um, I have to constantly remind myself to disconnect, um, from things, whether that's like turning off my computer for the night at a specific time and just like, Allowing myself to like settle and not be constantly bombarded with like um I forget what the word is, but like like stick um just like things that are constantly drawing our attention like stimulus and stuff like that, so um yeah, just trying to take a little bit more time for stillness um and just being with myself rather than constantly being inundated with um all of the things that are happening in the world because that'll drag you down real quick
3: I think definitely taking time to be where with yourself is very, very important. Like when I was just going through it, I kind of like reached out to a couple of friends to be like, Hey, this is going on and I don't want to talk about it, but I just want you to be aware of it. And then kind of like, and, and because it was so hard to talk about, um, uh, I just kind of sat with myself, like completely disconnected from everybody and everything, except from like, the people and situations physically around me. Um, and then after I I was able to kind of go through that introspection, you know, then eventually like kind of um, take it step by step and just kind of, you know, giving myself time and being patient with myself to to speak about it, to open up space, to share this vulnerable moment, which I don't think is easy especially when you're the one who like has to sit with yourself every single day. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think what this pandemic has made a lot of people, uh, you know, have to deal with is sitting with themselves and just kind of Go through a lot of thoughts that maybe are not the most comfortable to go through, but maybe it is necessary to sit with them and, and you know, kind of like start, start taking care of yourself, like kind of reparent yourself.
4: Yeah, for me as well, I think. I used to be really afraid of taking pause because it felt like life is this carousel that keeps turning. And the moment I get off, I can't get back on. Um, And so something that I've been trying to do more of, and I'm only just starting to, to get better at it actually, is to, to move away from feeling the need to always do like, to find my sense of self and worth by doing things, by, you know, by being productive, by, by performing or putting on these masks to please other people and, and just allowing myself to be. And, and I know it's a lot easier said than done and it does come with so much privilege, but, but just being and existing and for that to be enough and for that to be okay. Um, So, i'm sad i and that kind of connects back to 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 my peace and what everyone else has kind of been been saying as well but you know i can be sad i can be joyous i can be angry i can be outraged indignant and and i can be all of those things at the same time and 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 that can be okay and i can give myself time and space to move through those emotions and, and not feel the need to hop back on the carousel right away. Or even like I might just entirely decide that this carousel does not, you know, this way of living just does not work for me. And, and I can take the time to reflect and find a reimagine my way of being um, in a way that works for me. So uh, yeah, something that's really helped me is to, to give myself that space. It's really, really hard. I mean, I've been going to therapy for years and it's only now that I think it's actually, (laughs) it's actually happening. Like I can feel myself, my body, my mind, my, my soul just uh, rejuvenating, I guess, like rebooting. Cause I think I just went through this period of like complete and total collapse. Like I just fell off the carousel and it was just, it was, and, and I'm I'm sad that it took so long, like it took until like the, the the point where like everything erupted that I finally prioritized myself. But yeah, I think I'm just allowing myself to be, and that might look different for everybody. But for me, it looks yeah, it looks like just just moving at my own pace.
0: I want to thank this week's guests for coming together into this space during these unprecedented times and for having shared a piece of themselves with us. I would also like to thank the Heart House podcasting team for producing this show. We broadcast every Saturday at 7 a.m. on CIUT 89.5 FM, The Sound of Your City. And you can find an archive of all of our episodes on our SoundCloud page under Heart House Stories. Tune in again and take care and be well.